Hi there, my name is Nele Kajers and welcome to the Ular Pare podcast, where we discuss topics of interest to the Pare community as well as to people living with rheumatic and musculoskeletal diseases. Work is a very important topic for people with RMDs. It provides value, recognition, a sense of belonging, as well as reward, both financially and symbolically, of course. On today's show, we will be addressing this topic with our special guests, Professor Loreto Carmona, Chair of the Euler Advocacy Committee, and Dr. Suzanne Verstappen, one of the conveners of the Euler Task Force on Work. There's a lot of ground to be covered, so let's get started. Welcome and thank you for being here today, Loreto and Suzanne. Hello, and thank you for inviting us. Thank you very much. Now, let me start with Loreto. Could you please explain to me the major problem of, of absenteeism in the workplace for those with an RMD? Well, absenteeism means not going to work. And you can imagine how big of a problem this can be. Uh, not only with people for people with rheumatic diseases uh, and, and their families, but also to society and to the employers not having the, the workers at, uh, at work, of course. But we have two problems. Uh, one is not going to work, which is absenteeism, and then the other is presenteeism, which is going to work, but not being in full uh, shape, so to say, and not providing uh, the, the, the work as, as you are used to, to do. So uh, these are the two major problems in, in work, absenteeism and, and presenteeism. And uh, why, why is this uh, is a problem? Uh, usually it is because of the pain. When we are in, in a lot of pain, uh, we either go to work and do less or we don't want to work directly. But also if, uh, if we cannot do uh, all the daily activities in, in the right way, that's called the functional status, right? But it can also be the mental status. Like uh, in a day we cannot cope with all the pain or the function on this day, we just can't cope with that. The, uh, for instance, when we have a lot of fatigue, or we are, or when we are in a flare. So, uh, depending on on the treatment, uh, also we can have other other problems, right? But these are the major problems. Now, and apart from absenteeism and and physical problems, which other points would you highlight as important influencing factors? Um, Yes, of course, the, the type of work, it's, it's an influencing factor. Like it's not the same going uh, and sitting in front of a computer than uh, having to uh, take uh, things off a shelf and, or going around or cleaning houses. It, really, that's a very important yeah. factor. We call that contextual factor so that the context of the work or the, it is important. But also... Uh, sometimes even a physical uh, job, uh, you can bear with it if you have control over it, over it. Like if you can stop at certain points or you can decide the way you do it. If you have no control, even the, the easiest uh, work from a functional point of view uh, can be uh, a, a disaster. Like if you don't have control when you can stop or you have no control, uh, that's a problem. And then another problem, another factor could be uh, your colleagues at work. Like if they, if your relation with them is not good or you don't want to tell them about your disease or 
things by, uh, like that. We've seen also that there are uh, factors at the country level, meaning that uh, depending on the country, you have uh, benefits or more benefits or less benefits, and and it has it has an effect an effect on pro- productivity. And uh, apparently, those countries with uh, uh, with more health expenditure. Um, usually have less problems with this absenteeism and presenteeism than others. And it's more about the how they they look at the work productivity and how they look at health at work than, than the money they put in it. So it's more important the policies than the, actually the, the gross product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I hear you talking about... Uh, the health system in, in the national countries, that it can make it different. Could you explain how different experts, such as rheumatologists or even other healthcare providers, can support and help people with RMDs in the workplace? Yes, uh, we, we don't think of, of work and health being being together. Like work is one thing exactly. and then, yeah, you go to the doctor and uh, you don't comment many times. I mean, you go to the doctor and don't talk about your work. I mean... I've been to the doctor and they never knew I was a doctor myself, so I never speak about my work. But uh, uh, in fact, when you connect these two worlds, uh, the the experiences that the rheumatologist or the physicians can help the patient uh, navigate through their work, like uh, explaining how to actually face temporary work work disability or how to pace their work or... um, And uh, there are experiences uh, in which uh, rheumatologists uh, that are trained in work disability, even the administrative duties, uh, and can help the patients to uh, incorporate and reduce dramatically the time to return to to work. So I think it is very important that the rheumatologists see these patients that are in a temporary work disability very early in the process so that they can do something and have a, a, a good influence on the on the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's not something that we automatically think of as, as patients to also address this topic of work with your rheumatologist. So in theory, it might sound nice, but can you give some examples of how this setup would would be in practice? Oh yes, for instance, I I, I remember this story about uh, uh, I had a, a violinist, so he he played the violin, right? And and uh, it was for for him it was very important not to have any morning stiffness. So you focus on that specific problem. If if I had not known his uh, his work, I probably had focused on another thing and then use drugs that do not have an effect on morning stiffness or, or other things. And I could have, and also I was able to to send him to a physical therapist. But uh, um, I, I was also privileged to join uh, this project on work disability in, in, in Madrid, in which um, uh, the rheumatologist actually had a specific consultation where the patients were derived directly from primary care. Uh, the moment uh, they were uh, given a temporary work disability, the, the, the ticket, the label, they will call the rheumatologist and the rheumatologist will, would invite them to go to the consult. 
this was the first time many of these people who were continuously in, in temporary work disability you know, on sick leave, it was the first time they had a full um, uh, exam and they had a full explanation of what they had to do uh, on the ergonomics. And also it was the first time they, they set up a specific uh, physical therapy and, 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 and treatment before going to lots of tests, which is what usually happens. So if you go to the rheumatologist in, in, this, uh, in, in this program, so to say, it is, uh, the recovery will be much faster because you don't have to go through a lot of tests to start getting your, uh, your treatment. And the treatment is usually non-pharmacological. Of course, it's also pharmacological, but not only. So, I mean, it is amazing how much faster you can recover if you start looking at the specific problem and not just looking at x-rays or MRIs or whatever that take lots of time. I think I can conclude that the communication here is also very important, that communication between the physicians and the patients. Absolutely. Now, many people living with RMDs in Europe face long-standing workplace barriers that reduce quality of life and create wider socio-economic stresses. By sponsoring the EU Russia Lighten the Load campaign, Euler Advocacy is communicating the fundamental needs to both recognize and address these barriers. Euler Advocacy also works to ensure the interests of people with RMDs are reflected in relevant policy and legislation being developed in Brussels, including the EU's long-term disability strategy. Learn more about Euler Advocacy activities by visiting the respective session on the Euler website. Now, let me continue with Suzanne. Suzanne, you are active in the ULAR Task Force on Work, and this group has developed some overarching principles. Could you please explain to us what these principles are? Yes, thank you. So we came up with three overarching principles for this task force. So the first one was specially focused on participation in work that increases self-worth and self-esteem but it also increases economic independence and social inclusions. And normally you would expect this may translate into better health and well-being. So the second principle we came up with was that the aim of work-related support for people with RMDs is to optimize working life and to ensure a better physical and mental health. And then the third overarching principle we came up with was that it is a shared responsibility of members of the society to support people with RMDs to participate in a healthy and sustainable work. So those were the three overarching principles. And then apart from the principles, there's also a list of proposed statements from the task force. What do you think would be the top three of those statements? Yes, in addition to these principles, we also developed a number of what we call the points to consider. So one of them is that um, we need to think about people entering the workforce and they continue work and being in the workforce for quite a long time until retirement. So what we said is that throughout their working life, people with RMD should be supported and encouraged to enter, maintain, and if need be, to re-enter the work. The second one, which is quite important, is that people with RMD should have timely access to help and job support 
to promote a sustained workability and productivity and to prevent long-term absence. And this slightly comes back to what Loretta mentioned in the um, early phase of this uh, session. That it's really important to encourage to discuss anything very early on with rheumatologists or other relevant people who could help. Because what we do know is that once people become work disabled or have to stop working because of the disease, it's really difficult to go back into the workforce. So I think this is a very important uh, statement as well. And a third one that is quite important is that because it's quite complex, there's a number of people involved in, in, in work. So it's really important that health professional organizations such as PARE, policymakers, patient organizations and employers should collaborate to minimize the employment gap and optimize employment opportunities amongst people with RMDs. So this statement really fits nicely in the um, goal of EULA with respect to work. Now, it's it's all nice work and it sounds very promising, but like I also mentioned with Loreto, it's sometimes a bit difficult to get it into practice. It's, it looks nice on paper, but how, how do we do it in, in practice? And it's not always easy for a patient to, to start the discussions. So have has a task force also thought about evaluation and seeing how these... Uh, statements and points to consider are being used in practice? Yes, of, of course, and it is really an important aspect. Um, so what we came up is that um, all aspects of what we call the biopsychological framework of health have to be considered uh, when addressing work participation needs for persons with RMDs. And as mentioned by Loretta, there's a number of factors that play a role. So when we talk about the biopsychosocial framework, There are factors that be very personal, so as age or gender that might influence um, some of these aspects why people become more likely to become um, to get uh, um, some problems at work. It might be work-related factors. It could be external factors. It could be some psychological factors. So there's a lot of factors that may determine why somebody uh, may need to stop work or have some problems at work. And these are very individual to each of the patients. So it's really important that we focus on the patients um, and um, to, to help them um, to remain in work. So the other one is that, um, and this was also based on some of the systematic reviews we did, is that disease-modifying interventions, so the use of a treatment for inflammatory rheumatic diseases, have a beneficial effect on work participation and should be started as soon as possible. In addition to suppressing disease activity using medication, it's also important to have non-pharmacological interventions mm -hmm. that should be considered to reduce and prevent sickness absence and possibly improve work ability. So what we mean by these non-pharmaceutical uh, interventions, so that could be interventions in the workplace or some uh, with occupational therapists, physiotherapists who can help to give better advice for people with rheumatic diseases. Now, I assume that also the governments have to act. So is there a recommendation on how social security systems could act? Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the recommendations we also have, that um, actors in social security systems should develop and implement policies and practices to promote not only to stay in work, but also to, to return in work. And, and efforts with respect to rights of people with rheumatic diseases. So that's quite important that at policy levels, there will also be some changes that have to be made as well. Yeah, 
Loretta, you wanted to add something? Yes, I just wanted to, to say that uh, in the advocacy committee, we are trying to pass exactly that message uh, through, uh, that uh, the, the health systems and the policies need to focus on uh, the individual needs. And I mean, not going to work is not a it's not a it's not the best solution the best solution would be going to work in the best condition absolutely i think i can agree on the name of all the patients that in, indeed the job is it's it's so important to be part of society and to be active still even if you have a diagnosis with an rmd there might be a time that it's difficult of course but after some time and and some guidance and uh that you receive from rheumatologists and your employer etc it uh it would be nice if to, to have the people with RMDs on the work floor, of course. Thank you both. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today. Thanks for listening and thank you to our guests, Professor Loreto Carmona and Dr. Suzanne Verstappen for talking to us about this important topic of work and people with RMDs. Thank you. Join us again for our next episode. If you don't want to miss it, please don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify and iTunes or other podcast platforms, of course, so that you get notified when the episode is available. Until next time.